Hello, and welcome to the Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. I'm Chris Eggett, the editor of the magazine, and today I'm joined by Alex, a writer for the magazine. Hi, Alex. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, how are you? Yeah, I, I am tired, but I feel like we're allowed to hope that this whole thing will end, that it's summer and it's warming, and I don't know if I should be kind of cautiously optimistic about this hope, but I'm in a hopeful mood lately. That's great. I am too. I am um, primed for beer gardens, for oh, yes. um, for, for sunshine generally, uh, vitamin D. Uh, I've never needed it more. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah. But we're we're you know obviously going from the sunshine immediately into the subject. Yeah, to complete darkness. To <laughs> the complete opposite of the sunshine and the hope and everything we're feeling. <laughs> to to maybe like one of the most like ambiently sorrowful like uh series of games it, yep. and, <laughs> and or like as a as a uh as the thematic layer to um particularly one game which is um bloodborne the board game which that's the one which you reviewed um a couple of issues ago uh, yeah and you said it was quite good um, i quite like it yeah yeah and then i and then I um I got myself a copy, uh, and I sort of immediately emailed you. Maybe, uh, like, <laughs> I, like just maybe minutes after my first game. I don't know. Finished uh, or first session finished. Just like we probably need to talk about this. Um, yeah, I'm so excited uh, that it's this good. <laughs> I know. Like you couldn't dare to hope, really, after after a bit of a Dark Souls disaster. And I'm still one of those people that you know. Um, there is about three shelves and our study occupied by Dark Souls board games so I'm hardly the one to throw stones in its way but still uh, one could dream and the dream came true. Yeah, actually did. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. Because, okay, so um, let's say what it is. It's a, it's a uh, Eric Lang and uh, Michael uh, Sinnell, I believe I'm mm-hmm. saying his name right. Um, uh, miniatures uh, wands around the dungeon bashing things game pretty much yeah um, with with some story i have to say because when a lot of the run around the dungeon bashing games they don't really have a story hmm. that i feel this game does a very good job considering bloodborne lore is famously obtuse uh, unless you find the redescriptions of every single item in the game you have no idea what's going on <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> and I found this one very helpful, actually, just reading through the story of the board game. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're quite right there. Okay, so um, we should start. We should set some. So we know roughly what it is, and then yep. I suppose we should also say which of the video games we've played and in, in what order. I think because I think that's an interesting question as to what order you yes. you went through the, the FromSoft games. Um, so funnily enough, uh, Bloodborne was my first FromSoft mm. game. But here's the thing: I think. I'm a little bit of a weirdo in the sense is that I've never played any of the FormSoft games as a solo game. I have a group of friends and we started co-oping Bloodborne together. And then we had so much fun. We went through basically the Dark Souls series together. Haven't played the Demon Souls yet, but went through the Dark Souls series together. But I think Bloodborne maybe because it was the first one mm. or maybe because we got stuck on a particular boss and it became like every night are we going to try it again kind of thing <laughs> like it's the one that that was the most memorable out of them like i probably 
I probably struggle to remember. I remember Dark Souls 2 pretty well, but mm. Dark Souls 1, and I don't think we've ever been in Dark Souls 3, I have to say. We kind of, yeah, I think we kind of got tet bored towards the end. I don't know if the Souls fans are going to now. Yes, you know, we're about to be immolated somewhere. Yeah. Um, the thing is, it doesn't matter because whatever rating, ranking, or order you put them in, uh, we're some, they're wrong to someone. <laughs> So, oh yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, I've not played Bloodborne at mm. all, um, and so I've 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 seen it played a few times, um, and uh, and my my path through the Dark Souls games was playing Demon Souls, then two, then three, and I've still not finished one. And I think yeah. I, I think three is maybe the best game for me, uh, just right. it's like just in terms of like. Uh, I've forgotten the word for it. Um, comfort <laughs> elements. What would you mm-hmm. call that? Um, playability improvements. Just nice things that make the game like kind of easier. User experience. Yeah, it's improved user experience. I've completely forgotten the word that I people use for this all the time, and that I use regularly. Never mind. <laughs> it's the afternoon. Um, so um, uh, it's just so that's that's my, probably my favourite. Um, and as you say. The stories of these games are completely obtuse. They are the definite kind of the definition of um, uh, world building through the levels, you know, through the yeah. level design, through the objects, through the the ambient things you pick up, um, and you sort of have to do to get any lore out of it. You have to like do some kind of like basically you have to like build a conspiracy theory between two objects <laughs> you know yeah. yeah you have to have one of those crazy boards with threads from all the different directions that's um it. yeah but um yeah i think that's kind of what's so interesting about them because there is not a straightforward storyline or straightforward narrative and a lot of things you've learned they're out of sequence sometimes yeah. they're out of place sometimes you find something and you've realized it was a hint or part of the story to the thing you encountered three or four hours ago and sometimes you just gotta go to youtube and watch someone much cleverer than you explain to you what the <laughs> exactly. heck is going on <laughs> exactly. yeah i'm cur- currently currently trying to work out and this is because occasionally i do do these deep dives into the mm. the dark souls lore just because you sort of get a little question you sort of scratch at it and you just go yeah. okay let's let's read some some weirdos on reddit they will tell me <laughs> they will tell me what they think the answer is uh, my current question is uh, who is the queen of lotheric which is the main kingdom in dark souls 3 um and so i'm going to just if you know who the queen of lotheric is please leave a comment below uh, wherever this is being posted um <laughs> uh, so that and the answer is no one knows ultimately because that's that's always the answer really <laughs> Is she the one that becomes the mother to the well, child yeah. that Margot babysits later? That's an interesting question, though. Yeah. See, there we go. Hey. Uh, there we go. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I think I think there is there is something like that. There's like the um, the child who becomes an angel in the big cage thing um, in the third in the in the archives. Uh, yes. So there is. I, I don't know if I think that's the mother, but uh, I can't remember the oh, names. And that's again, while all the uh, 
hardcore Souls fans will throw stones at us. Yeah. But essentially, you encounter a boss called Margot's wet nurse. And I think Margot hmm. is gruesomely uh, oh, the result of a miscarriage. Improper. Yeah. Yeah. So this oh, is, no. Is it, We're is, talking about something else. I was talking about Dark Souls 3. Oh, right. There you go. But they said, this is the thing, right? So then, then you get to the point where how... Because things must be connected by small by pieces of string on a on a cork board. Um, so mm. how do we connect Dark Souls and Bloodborne? And people tell me it's because the, the game is becoming increasingly more about blood. And so the Bloodborne series is something that comes out the other end of the Dark Souls series, um, you know, another, you know, 100 cycles later or whatever. Um mm. From and partially from the uh, the wolf's farren or something like that. Anyway, we are off the reservation and right into the deepest part of the law here. Gone. But I yeah. think what this all proves is that you can still enjoy all these games. You have no clue what what is going on. Yeah, I because mean, because clearly we 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 don't we really don't. know. No, and the, <laughs> importantly, the people who who say they do know don't either. Uh, they've got no yeah. idea, uh, and it's even the people who write the game are. Um, in the Reddit threads, arguing about things as I've seen recently, which I think is hilarious. Um, you know, the translate this this doesn't translate like that, this, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, people who write who you know, originally wrote the Japanese version, so it's a hilarious mess. Um, and then for and so you think actually adapting these games will be difficult, uh, yeah. as we we have seen before. Um, but in Bloodborne, it's perfect. It's an almost perfect adaptation, I think, uh, because the main loops of these games are you have to manage your stamina while running around. It's really deadly. Um, Very deadly. But also dying isn't the end. Um, you're you're going to come back. You might be made weaker or it might cost you resources um, in some way. But um, it's not it's not the end. You're going you're gonna to come back and and have another have another run at it because it all comes from this sort of rogue like um history right this is where this is like kind of the uh the central premise is um i suppose it's not is it no no i guess it's just dungeon crawling it's not rogue like is it because roguelikes are one 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 killing you dead you know well with roguelikes you always start from the beginning right yeah. and you can sort of you learn and can acquire some path so i guess in the sense it is it has those elements, but there, there's always with the Souls game is that you die, you come back, you learn, and you repeat until you beat it. Yeah, basically that's what you do. Yeah, it's like the learning, and, the learning curve is similar. Sorry, you're you're quite right. Oh, I guess that's what yeah. I was thinking about. Um, so, yeah. would, you, would you like to explain how the game works? I will do my best. (laughs) So uh, this, very excitingly, uh, this game has no dice for me. And I think that's Mm. the first thing to notice. Because as you said, everything here is incredibly, it's a calculation every step. Because you run out of stamina, you run out of cards, you can't dodge someone's really hard hit anymore. But essentially, you lay down a tiles to explore... uh, Yarnum or the Forbidden Forest, depending whether you have the base game and what expansion or the Chalice Dungeons, as to speak. Mm. And each tile will present a monster, a piece of story, or maybe a chest where you can become some, some consumables. But all everything you do, you do sort of for your trick weapon, which usually has three or two spaces where you play where you play cards to fight. And your 
your cards are very finite and very precious resource because you do everything with cards. You fight with cards, you dodge with cards, you interact object with cards, you move. So basically, if you want to do anything, you have to discard the cards. And you only start really with three. So that already limits everything you do. And, and every time you do something, you're like, okay, I can move into that room and I'm going to spend a card to do it. But if I'm going to get, if I enter that room, there might be a monster there. Are these cards good enough to fight? Can I take a sidestep and maybe pick up a consumable and then move into the room? But then I spend two cards and I only have one card to potentially fend off attack. And it becomes really, really tight and more kind of complex than it is. And yes, of course, there's a little bit of a luck element because uh, you're, you're drawing randomly for your deck, the deck you can't augment. But there's a tiny random element, but at the same time, you kind of know what is in your deck and you know what your capabilities are and you kind of know, okay, I, I have that many dodge cards left. So, you know, if I go there and fight, I have these kind of chances to sort of survive the attack that's coming to me. Yeah, so I think that's that's a really good point there, which is that the, those uh, that deck of cards you have, which is 12 cards, you always have 12 mm -hmm. cards. When you upgrade your deck, when you return to Hunter's Dream, um, you will swap cards out you never go above 12 which is really good um yeah. because it means your like deck consistency is always really solid and once you've upgraded a little bit once you're on a hunt um mm -hmm. you you know you you feel quite powerful and you also because there's no i don't think there's, there's any requirement unless i've been playing it wrong um to uh keep the same uh, balance of cards in your deck you don't have no. to swap a green for green and i think green is the dodging card yeah um, green is the dodging one but yes yeah, so I, th I think there is free so you've got your attack your yeah. dodge and you draw and um, um, stagger as well and stagger and stagger so, yeah, so, three so four each. different types yeah and then yeah and you start with three of each at the beginning and then you can upgrade them to a more powerful of the same type but i always find it that you kind of have to make sure it works with your trick weapon mm -hmm. so in, in here you select a character but it's not so much based on your character it's based on the weapon that you choose and the weapon has a bit of an ability as well and you might find someone who does other things when you dodge and in that sense you want to pick up more dodge cards and replace the other ones or maybe the one that staggers or does something different so then you can kind of decide okay i don't actually need that third draw card i'm going to replace it for an extra dodge card instead yeah exactly and that's um and that's really like i don't know it, it, it feels like the way you build your strategy in the in the games and i think mm. this is going to be a phrase that i'm going to come back to again and again it's like an almost one-to-one -one feeling of how you because yeah. Um, maybe not Bloodborne because the Bloodborne is slightly more restrictive in terms of the weapons you can pick up. But, you know, the Dark Souls games, you know, you kind of decide what kind of weapon you're going to use, but then you, you know, sort of and build towards better and better versions of it by building the stats of your character. And that's, you know, so if you decide to be a strength character with a big heavy weapon, you, you hit things once and that's it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how you're going to play the game. Or you become a dex character and you do, you know, lots of um, small attacks to chip away at people. Um, and the game lets you do that <laughs> here as well in the, a similar sort of way. Um, and I, again, it's like a, a really nice representation of how it works in the game. And it yeah. feels the same. <laughs> but, you know, it's not... The thing is, and for the nature of doing reviews for mm. the mag, I reviewed quite a few, you know, this 
video game to board games adaptation. Mm. And I feel like a lot of them take it almost too literally. And they just take, yes. okay, so this is mechanic in a video game. And we're just going to make the same sort of thing, but in a board game format. And it just doesn't work. Mm. But I, I never feel like Bloodborne ever really does this. You know, you still you still feel, so, so, you know, a sense of danger uh, playing it like you would in a normal game and you still get you know the the your weapon your transformation of the weapon is a big element mm. but the way this game does it still does very appropriately to how a board game would behave so mm. it takes all these core ideas that make Do bloodborne what it is and then it's like okay so how would you represent the same feeling rather than representing the same mechanic yeah it's like translating the metaphor game. rather than translating yeah. the like yeah the one to one mechanic of it because obviously you know you know, it's it's one of those things where you, yeah, you you see some some dungeon crawly games where um, they've got like a stat system, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a stat system from the from the video game, basically. Yeah. And it's this thing of like, okay, but you know where that stat system came from, right? You know, it's like that's Dungeons and Dragons, right? That's why they were trying to make a video game of Dungeons and Dragons at some point, and it's and that's become the video game, and now the video game is you're trying to bring it back to an analog form, and you couldn't think, should I shortcut that? <laughs> think of something slightly <laughs> think of something slightly different or or just 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 play dungeons and dragons actually that's fine um you know um and so the, it's an it's just like there's an attempt for this like uh not fidelity necessarily but um as you say like sla slavish kind of uh attachment to the mechanics of the video games um, yeah. which sometimes just comes out rubbish you know um but this is really Really want. I'm looking over my shoulder here because that's where it is. It's just set up. I was, yeah, try, I was I trying, to, trying to run through a chalice <laughs> dungeon because I had it only arrived this week. I was hoping to get through a few a few proper games. Um, These are hard. Yeah. they are so hard. Um, yeah. So sorry. Before we, because we should talk about chalice dungeons. But yes. Before we, because we, we should just finish explaining how it works, which is uh, on top of all of that stuff. You will run into other hunters. Uh, mm -hmm. You'll run into bosses, and they have their own decks, which act slightly differently. When you're fighting things, usually you just use the generic deck um, for the, and it tells you whether they're doing a basic or special attack. Each um, monster you're fighting, which you choose three of at the start, uh, has a different set of attacks for um, basic and special and, and ability as well. Uh, mm -hmm. They've got a speed. And so when you're fighting, the one who hits first, you know, does the damage first and that sort of thing. It's all very intuitive. There's not really much to think about. Um, and uh, and yeah, obviously, I still get my ass kicked um, <laughs> repeatedly, repeatedly by this uh, by this game. Um, and then uh, leveling up is simply a case of you've killed some dudes. Uh, you get some, um, uh, what are they, like, are they blood vials? Blood echoes. Blood echoes. Blood echoes. The vials are the health thing, aren't they? Um, mm -hmm. uh, the blood echoes. And then you can return to the hunter's dream from wherever you like. You can just go back. You can just leave at any time. And that's when, why is that? Because that's how it works in the video game. And you know, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Well, when you die, yes. <laughs> Otherwise, you have to go to a lantern in a video game. So it's slightly different. That's true. Sorry. Yes. In a yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Is there not like a. Um, uh, so in the Dark Souls games, they have like a Homeward Bone thing. Yeah, I think I think you still have some elements. Uh, yeah. I haven't used them much in Bloodborne because we we haven't really needed to that much. But yeah, uh, yeah. 
you sort of you sort of have to go to the lantern and return to Hunt. Hunter's Dream is your is your sort of outpost because you always return to it to travel anywhere else. Mm. So you go unlock the lantern, beat the area, return to Hunter's Dream, go to the next one. It's it's kind of like a like a crazy loop almost, yeah. <laughs> which always ends in Hunter's Dream. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's where you get to level up. And in this game, that means buy some cards to add to your deck. And that's and the exchange rate is simply one one echo to one card. Brilliant, done. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm ex- and I'm so excited because it was so simple and nearly everything made sense immediately to me. Um, uh, and yeah, so that's and which is, I suppose I should. This is a point where I should say, um, not all games do that kind of one to one feeling very well and i think mm-hmm. the dark souls game uh because we, we spoke before starting this call that we would um we'd only give dark souls a small kicking um yeah but one of the great disappointments of it is that it doesn't didn't really have a system for upgrading in this way um or it did, sorry had it had to have a, a system for upgrading but it didn't feel like you could just pop back when you needed to you know you were when you were just in the dungeon weren't you until you die, yeah. more or less. Yeah, I'm just not trying to remember, but in um, the, I think the difference between popping back to uh, in sort of into the death space in Dark Souls mm. versus here is that in Bloodborne you have a track, and every time mm. you go to the Hunter's Dream, you move along the track. So yeah. your kind of point where you run out of time and lose grows closer. Yeah. And I think that's why it kind of feels a bit more internal. Where in Dark Souls, you almost used going, you know, using, um, what is it? Bonfires. I want, yeah, bonfire. I think I was yeah. going to say fireplace. And I was like, what <laughs> <laughs> to do with this? <laughs> um, you always use bonfire as a resource because there wasn't really, you had, a, I think you had a limited number of them that you could use. Yeah, that's And it. then that's it. Whereas I think in Bloodborne again, you just you just have to think a little bit more because you're like, okay, there's still this amount of stuff mm. I need to do. Can I actually pop in Hunter's Dream, or do I not have time? Yeah, yeah. But you also in this in this game, you you kind of you do have to go back. Mm. Um, and you, I think you do have to do that in in the Dark Souls game board game as well. Um, yeah. you do have to go back, and that's why it being like a limited resource in that way. Um, is kind of more painful i mean the, the dark souls card game which i like quite a lot that also has a similar you can only use the bonfire five times um yeah and it's just like that's not how it works in the video game so that's not no. how I, I don't want it to work like that here and it's fine it's actually fine i quite I, I i like that card game a lot um but i think again it's just one of those things where it's not it doesn't represent it properly uh so you just sort of kind of go oh this isn't this isn't quite right mm. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's someone looked at that idea and thought, oh, okay, that's what it is, and then they didn't quite get why it worked the way it worked in the video game. But I, but in Bloodborne, once again, I think they did. They yeah. kind of got it what it was. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, as you say, the main threat is that time ticking down, and every time you go back or every time you return, I can't remember what the actual trigger is. Um, uh, you you move you move along the track one more which also has these little red dots on it which are yeah. sort of like trigger points for for example enemies respawning uh, in certain locations um or you know very annoyingly gaining all their health back because all that, that yes. happens yeah that happens a lot yeah yeah mm. um 
Uh, and yeah, so my so my experiences of playing this game are um, playing with my brother, having this like having this really genuine experience of stumbling into a room, not realizing a fog gate would come down and a boss battle was about to start. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's you know I don't know if that's how you played it first time whether you you or whether you oh, yeah. knew, or whether you knew that like something's bad's going to happen in here well so another element that we kind of alluded to but we haven't really explained to is that you've got this deck of cards which tells you the story and in a sense it's a little bit like legacy games because the things that happen and depending on um where you go and which NPCs you interact to with or which quests you complete, things will be slightly different. Not massively. I don't think it's, you know, the level of it will be a completely different game how you get it in many legacy ones. But there will always be something that will just, you know, that little change that will make the next gameplay spicy. And every time you turn over that card and it says something, you go, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> something bad's about to happen. But yeah, the first time the when the fog gets went up and you end up kind of being stuck in this room within the monster, you and then that monster is pretty strong and hits mm. pretty hard and you were not prepared for it at all. You go to Hunter's Dream and you're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of glad to be dead in the Hunter's Dream right yeah, now. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, which again, a genuine experience from the video game. Like I didn't yeah. realize this was a boss room. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think. Oh, you know, I just wandered in this peaceful cathedral and there was this lady <laughs> praying at the altar. Oh wait, hang on, she turns into big beast and yeah. she killed me. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just um. Uh, which, as you can hear in the joy in Alex's voice, Alex's voice here, yeah. uh, is like, a, like again, a fundamental joy of of these games. So, and it just they captured it so well. Um, that is how that's how the game works. So, what what has your experience been of it so far? It's. I have to say the first the first couple of plays were a bit of a, a bit of a struggle, and I'm glad I kind of you know uh, persevered because. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a board game that, uh, I like we kickstarted because obviously big fans and, you know, um, Michael Chanel and Eric Lang, Hmm. you just assume there is quality with these names and there is. So it was a very much anticipated Kickstarter, but when we first got it, I think we, we just struggled with the rules a little bit, Hmm. um, and get, and, and getting them. And it took a little bit of you know, a couple of plays and every time you put it away, well, I put it away for a couple of months and we came back and we just, you know, the first thing we decided to play after we came back to it after a couple of weeks was to play a Chalice Dungeon, mm-hmm. which are really hard anyway. So, you know, that didn't end up well because we we're like, oh, is that how you do it again? Okay, that's how you do it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, we're dead. Um, so that happened. But then we've we've, we've actually played through and um, the fall of old Yarnum scenario oh, yeah. and like got right to the end and... We didn't lose it in the end, but it was literally the the, the kind of why you don't... I mean, you, you do feel sad that you lost it. You know, you played through three chapters of this thing. Mm. That's about, you know, I'd say at least two hours that we've put mm. on the table, probably more. So, of course, you feel a little bit disappointed that you uh, that you lost. But we could pinpoint a specific turn where things went wrong and we lost time. And that's why we didn't have enough time to beat the final boss. It was literally a mere one turn gone wrong. And it wasn't just, you know, it was just, it was a freak accident. You know, Mm -hmm. the tiles were 
the tiles that we needed were too far away. We spent too long doing something hmm. and being able to say exactly what we did wrong. And if we didn't do it, it would have yeah. turned out the other way. It was kind of a really satisfying experience on its own, maybe in yeah. some kind of crazy masochistic bloodborne way, but that's, no, that's how that worked. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's, that's the same. That's like playing the video game and then um, knowing that, yes, on the run back to the boss from the bonfire or the, um, uh, from the lantern, uh, that you got like, oh, I got hit by that guy, which means I had to use up one of my uh, blood files, which means that mm. um, I didn't have that resource in the boss fight. And if I'd been able to just have a little bit more healing, I would have, yeah, I would have done it. You know, you and it's these sort of things that you you think about strategy wise um, mm. that translate so nicely to this or this, um, and, and similarly the um, the co op play in in these games is very much like someone's visiting someone else you know, mm -hmm. in, in their world um and so there there the way we played it uh because this is how we play the the video game is uh kind of one of you ends up feeling a bit like a visitor uh <laughs> and being kind of a little bit sacrificial occasionally <laughs> yeah um, i don't know if you ended up doing that sort of thing where it's just like i'm gonna i'm probably gonna die here but um it'd be, it'd be better if so if you run now that's fine that sort yeah. of thing well I, that's part of the cope experience sometimes you just gotta sacrifice someone because you know you gotta stay there mm. so either the monsters don't move or you know you you gotta go you gotta escape to the hunter's dream now or you're gonna you know lose some time and you can upgrade or you can respond at a different lantern so you can complete that objective mm. faster the next turn so you can very easily it, again there is a sort of little randomness you know with the, how the tiles come out with how mm. the cards but you can actually calculate your time and figure out do i have enough time to do this just by saying okay this how long is going to take me to go there and pick up this and there's how many mm. cards i'm going to use and it, and it becomes and it becomes what i think the souls games are they, they're more about skill and technique Mm -hmm. and and le and learning um your surroundings and the behaviors of things around you yeah. and how to adapt to them and that's again that's what it kind of that that is what the bloodborne board game tries to do with all this kind of card manipulations and the time track and i forgot where i started going with that sentence but this is where i'm going to end with it <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> i'm sure i had a point there somewhere <laughs> um so i think well i think then um as we uh have returned to the hunter's dream of that sentence mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> um i suppose we could talk a bit about the chalice dungeons now i've only played maybe 25 minutes of it um mm. in total and was it I, hard uh yes um, yeah. And I was really lucky with my uh, tile drawers as well. Um, so the Chalice Dungeons are kind of like, a, it's just a challenge mode, really. Um, if you just want, if you just thought dying in the main game was too difficult, it was too difficult to die in the main game. If you found that difficult, um, this is, they've given you more ways to make that easier for you. Um, to die. To yeah. die. And, um, and I was very lucky. So I, the way it works is you have a starter um tile and then you have a arena tile um mm -hmm. an arena entrance tile and then you have a couple of levers you have to pull um which yeah. usually 
I assume you have to search through your um, stack of cards for um, yeah. your stack of tiles for. Uh, but in my case, it was the top card, and then the next two cards were lever cards. <laughs> So oh, I'd that's, that's very very nice yeah. yeah this is like one of those because in i believe in the video game they're all like um glyph associated or something so you can mm. put in a code to go to a certain one um and so this would be the one which you go to to grind a boss or something i'm sure um because it's so it was such a short little dungeon that i ended <laughs> up setting up um it's still still absolutely brutal that i died a couple of times here because what they what they uh, add to it is something called um, chalice rites. Um, he says, yeah. re- reading the back of the card upside down over there um, to remember, remind himself. Um, and these are like just things to ruin your day. Yeah, because again, the normal game wasn't hard enough, <laughs> and this one not only generally has harder enemies. Um, that yeah. you that, that you fight. It also has the rights that are just nasty. They just they, they I can't remember. Oh, the one that we picked up, which was really annoying, is that um, it basically made your stagger not work. We couldn't really stagger anything in our fight, so that turned out great. Mm. <laughs> that sounds that sounds fabulous. That sounds like exactly yeah. exactly what you want. Uh, I had um, one that turned one of my three slots on my weapon uh, meant that I couldn't use it for dodging. Uh, mm-hmm. the, ca- the character I'd picked, the weapon I'd picked for the character, um, is one that uh, the, their like ability they have is that when you dodge, you do one extra dam- you do an extra damage to someone. Oh, in the I area. actually love that weapon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it, like I, it's says so is that one from the Chalice Dungeons and then from the base game. So we're gonna go deep, deep here. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, there's a the character who has like I'm just gonna call it life steal on their weapon. So one mm-hmm. of their attacks they heal for that amount. Yeah. So if you're if you're boosting it, you can do you can do loads of damage and heal back up. Usually through the damage of a normal enemy's attack. Anyway, uh, this uh, Chalice Rites card um, stopped me being able to dodge with one of my slots. Um, which means that so I've, I'm sort of hampered by the strength that I had. Uh, it's like I didn't pick that card. It, the cards didn't yeah. know. That was a random one I got. The other one yeah. I got spawned um, a aggressive hunter on each of the levers. Um, uh, <laughs> so just like immediate mini boss fight, basically. Oh, it was one of one of the minion types because uh, sort of three minion types you take into every dungeon, uh, and the boss has plus one. Unless I've killed enough of those original minion types, so it kind of mm-hmm. it kind of encourages me to go and farm basically those um, those minions until I've cleared that that chalice uh, chalice right a uh, dungeon right thing. Yeah. Um, and it just hampers you massively, and it's brilliant. <laughs> just, uh, you, you, it's it's harder, but I, it's also easier to get into because mm. with, the, with the with the main story you've got the story and you've got the chapters and obviously you want to go for the whole story this one is a very simple you you're in a dungeon go kill them monsters yeah. go you so it's easier to set up and go and you don't have to worry about you know sorting out all the chapter cards in the same order yeah. but that's why it's also harder because they're like well we made one element of the game easier we're gonna make yeah. another one harder <laughs> yeah i i when i as I say, I only played this briefly, but I know this is like the version that I'm going to play, like mm-hmm. you know, in a year's time, 
or five years time or whatever this is going to be the this is going to be the version i play i'm probably not going to go through the adventures again necessarily although there is variation within them Um, there is slight yeah so and they're quite long as well i think um i i felt like the adventures quite long anyway Uh, there's three in the main box i think we got halfway through yes we did the first two chapters of the church one um Mm -hmm. which is uh which is great fabulous although we did do a thing of uh so each each mission has uh, each chapter has a main hunt mission and then or requirement to complete it and then it also has um these uh like insight missions they're called i think mm-hmm. and yeah. they're like bonus missions you get you usually get a treat for doing it yeah um, it's like your side quests yeah um and uh, but we got completely sidetracked and forgot what the main mission was basically and ended, <laughs> ended up uh completing all the insight missions and then going oh where are we going to be oh this this the hunt card the main hunt card yeah we put something on top of that <laughs> on the table <laughs> and that that is um sort of skewed us slightly so uh, but they they usually i mean i don't know if it's in all of them cuz i haven't played all of them but I, mm. in the ones that we have to play for you usually need to complete a couple of side quests to actually progress with those main hunt ones but you can get carried away we're just like oh someone there needs our help or Listen. we need to bring this thing to this other hunter yeah. oh, i'm just gonna go do that and then oh the time has run out and we lost <laughs> do you so the question for you then do you think if you know nothing about bloodborne and dark souls you'll enjoy this game yeah i think so hmm. because so okay, there is the there is the rule book problem. Just um, a tiny one, yeah. But only a little bit, I think. Um, I I I think it's like a rule book that's kind of it's just a little bit tricky about how it phrases things, and yeah. that and that's what it is for me. So for me, because I know this type of game, even though I've not actually played Bloodborne, um, mm. because I know this kind of game. I felt like I was able to translate it in my head very easily. So I guess me saying, yes, everyone's going to love it, is maybe not true because I think the learning curve for someone who's maybe never played this kind of game before, would it would be quite difficult. I think if, so, if it was taught to them, though, I think, mm. I think then, yes, I think it'd be very rewarding for mm. for that, for almost anyone, I would say. Um, mm. But maybe I'm just an evangelist <laughs> at this point. Do you know, I I feel like it's almost the other way around. I feel mm-hmm. maybe I had sort of I struggled with the rule book so much is because I've played so many of these games and mm-hmm. I almost feel I almost felt like the generally the rule of Bloodborne rule book if it doesn't if it says something it says it if it doesn't specify something particularly it doesn't happen. Yeah. So for example in the case and and because. I, you know, I get to read rules so much just, you know, for playing games and reviewing games and I'm used to some kind of rules being that way or another. I always go, so does it mean this or does it mean that? So an example that I can give, it's just, you know, in your chalice dungeon, it goes, you know, you pull your two levers and it opens your arena room, wherever it is. And in my head, I went, do you have to pull them at the same time? 
Like, it doesn't say it anywhere. But that's the question I have to ask because I kind of went for, like, a similar games where that was a requisite. That you, you know, you mm. have to be in, in two rooms and you, have, you and your partner in co-op game had to pull this at the same time. And then, you know, you go into this rabbit hole of spending 10 minutes going on Board Game Geek and the FAQs and the forums and it didn't say you had to pull it at the same time. So why are you thinking about that? And so, and because the rule book is slightly ambiguous in that way, it kind of almost encouraged my mind wondering and going and asking, but can you do this? And it's like, no, we didn't say that. You can't. So just don't worry about yeah. it. But funnily enough, I'm I'm quite interested because after uh, me playing it, uh, I am uh, very gently <laughs> encouraged and um, uh, two of my other friends to get it who are not necessarily huge board game players, but they they do play occasionally. And I am I don't know yet. I don't know if they have played, but I am very interested to know how they got along with the rule book um, and how they got along with the kind of complexity of the game because it's not a majorly complex game but it's also not the easiest one just in terms of understanding mechanics not actual play yeah exactly and i think i think that is a that is a thing that kind of tripped me up as well that's exactly what you're saying there in terms of the, the rule book doesn't say it so stop asking questions yeah. It's basically what you should do, but I can't. Mm. <laughs> I can't do that because I feel like I feel like maybe maybe something fundamental is missing. And that's always what it comes down to, which is you end up looking in the rule book for something that isn't there. And that's yeah. that's kind of the frustration we run into. Um and I I will say, you know, get, getting this out to just have a, a quick run through. I did get the main book out as well to uh, remind myself of like um do I place a card into a weapon slot to move mm-hmm. like, no of course you don't know you, no, no. Of, co- of course you don't like uh it says just discard it that's fine and um uh and think just little things like that where i was like so i remember i just remember i was like oh but this represents my stamina it's like no chris you've decided it represents your stamina that's not what the, the game hasn't told you <laughs> that that's the metaphor that you've applied to it afterwards because it kind of does it, it does yeah. in but in combat not <laughs> yeah not not all the time um so yeah um really uh i think i think it is accessible i feel it is accessible um do you do you have a favorite uh boss oh, do you have a favorite boss oh, i i want to say i've recently had a very uncomfortable encounter with bloodstarred beast so it's still my mind <laughs> Right now, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna say Bloodstarved Beast. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's not particularly, it's not the biggest boss yeah. in the board game, but it's it's a nasty one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. um, uh, like I, is that sorry, is that it's not the say that's not the biggest one. What is the biggest one? As in literally the biggest mini. I can't uh, remember what the best game. The biggest one is another. Is it the, is it the cleric beast thing? Yes, it is the cleric beast. I think yes. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's just like into. I know it's barely worth saying, but there's some cool minis in this box. Yeah, uh, well, did, you, did you did you not realize that the, <laughs> the, there's some cool minis? Yeah. <laughs> the cool mini or not game? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I also didn't realize the um that I was going to get a really long dog in the uh, chalice dungeon one. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Oh yeah. I, I've not. I've not even. I've not encountered it yet. Um. But uh, yeah, just a really, really long, big dog, as far as I can tell. Um, 
But I'm actually kind of loving learning the names of the little monsters that you encounter in the game, but yeah. I've never, um, like, female beast patient and male beast patient. I didn't know they were the same beast patient. I just went into that area and kicked yeah. their butts, and here I'm like, oh, <laughs> I get to actually place them. I know what they are. Yeah, yeah these, these, yeah. Yes, like the church servants. Mm. It's like, okay, that's that's more interesting as, as a bit of characterization there, that they're a church servant. Rather than like, I don't know, you might just think it's the vicar or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, um, yeah, I think I think there's lots of little little bits like that in there. Um, yeah. Well, there's the crazy centipede monster that's called oh, a fluorescent yeah. flower. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I thought that was a boss. It's not. It's a normal one. No, it's just no. Normal one. And that's what we had for our chalice dungeon. <laughs> this is the reason why we died. <laughs> so I got the, I got the little from the chalice dungeons. I got little scorpions out. Because I thought mm-hmm. I might as well just get poisoned all the time. Brilliant. That's going to be. The <laughs> um, yeah, actually, and that's another little thing here which I like about it, which is the um, all of the status effects are really mm-hmm. simple. Yeah. Because um, uh, is it like fury? You just take an extra damage because you're being reckless, basically. Uh, yeah. Poison. You take you take a tick of damage at the end of your turn. Uh, I've forgotten what the other ones are, but they <laughs> they were all like they were really sort of simply applied. Um, and there isn't actually that. You know, if you think about it, it, there was always the miniature games count like bajillion tokens and you always mm. use one of them maybe for five seconds throughout yeah. the game. But, you know, you spend 10 minutes popping all of them out. Yeah, but yeah. this one is actually quite conservative. You know, there's yes. there's some uh, insight tokens, there's some blood echoes, there's some status mm. effects, but it's very kind of minimal. You yeah. Know? And also they all like um, kind of mean something very direct to your character. You know, I think mm. I think a token is much more valuable to you in playing. If you look at like you look at a uh, blood echo token, you're like, yeah, I got that. Because yeah. like because <laughs> I because I, I I killed that thing that was almost certainly going to kill me. Uh, I was just yeah. very lucky on the the flip of the card on their um on the the enemy turn. See, this is another thing. I don't think you know when you when you cheer when you so the basic monsters. You know, you flip the cards to see what they do. And I don't think we've cheered as much when we flipped over a card and it was a basic attack and yeah. we knew we would stagger and would move. It was like one of those, yes, like genuinely like shout in the living room because you're so excited. <laughs> it turned out. Yeah. Oh. That's it. You, 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 or um, if you're like my brother, you've, you were card counting. He's a card counter. So he's like, mm. he's like, I think there's, there's one basic attack and one special attack in here. There's two cards left in this deck. Yeah. It's literally 50-50. And then it's like, yes. Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have to think about it because yeah. you have, you know, some of the monster effects you can avoid with your mm. cards. And you're like, well, is it worth saving this card? Because maybe they'll do the basic attack and then yeah. you can kind of get away with it. And sometimes you're just like, yeah, no matter what what comes out, that's it. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> yes, there is yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You, there are sometimes you just get stomped, sadly. Mm. But uh, sadly, no, joyfully. No. That, joyfully. We, yeah. 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 Um, this is a, uh, this is, a game or you know this in this very eldritch horror gothic dark atmosphere that's all about people turning into monsters and everything is trying to kill you and you just enjoy dying in it and coming back and trying again yeah it's a very bizarre experience yeah um i was just thinking that it's like um this is this is like the best form of player elimination because <laughs> <laughs> it's not obviously but <laughs> Uh, so you get to come back because <laughs> you get to come yeah. back immediately that's right yeah. um so i'm just i'm just thinking is there anything else we need to say about this game um 
if you're listening to this, you should probably play it, really. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. I think everyone should play it uh, and get a copy of the Chalice Dungeons as well, at least. I'm not yeah. sure. Actually, you've got the forest. The forest. Yes. I've got the forest expansion as well, yeah. which so, is opened but have not been played yet. Oh, okay. So we don't know how it is yet. How does it, how does it look? It looks beautiful. Um, it was it was a it was a tough choice because uh, it's, I think we've got like a limited Kickstarter edition. So I, uh, maybe maybe they are doing them, releasing them. But the mm. there's definitely um, things in there that we were when we were back in the Kickstarter we were agonizing about between it was agony between the levels that we love mm. from the board game and the minis that genuinely look cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, the forest one has a big spider, which I'm not a fan of, but <laughs> the rest of the forest is beautiful. That's <laughs> oh, very good. But, but for span, fans of spiders, uh, the the forest one is the, the one to go for. Yeah, uh, also, but who are you, yeah. though? <laughs> don't write in. Uh, yes, please don't. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Uh, well, um, thank, thank you, Alex, for joining me on this, which has just basically been a... a Bloodborne, the board game fan podcast, yeah, uh, pretty much, yeah. And just, just wanted to say it's good. That's all. Hopefully, through this hour, we've managed to prove that we are better at playing board games than knowing the lore of Souls games. Hopefully, although yeah. I'm, I am bad at both of those things. So <laughs> it's not. I'm sure there's not a very big gap between. <laughs> yeah. But once again, you don't need to be good to enjoy dying. No, you don't. You're absolutely not. In fact, it's maybe the yeah. best part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, thank you. Thank you for joining us in this um, this uh, Hunter's Dream of an episode. Uh, mm. And uh, Thank where, you very much for having me. Where, where, where can we find you online? Uh, we know we can find you in print. You're in an excellent magazine uh, called oh, Tabletop yeah. Gaming. Oh, oh, I have heard of that excellent magazine. It's it, it's very good, and also you, you you're writing usually quite a lot of reviews for us, and you yeah. usually get the um. Well, I feel like are kind of the blockbusters. I usually try and send them to your where the the um if it's got uh like a couple of kilos of minis in it. Um, <laughs> And it's, they're, they're all the things I want. They're, they're the things I want to get in for me because I want to play them, but I know that I can't commit the time to it. Um, oh. So you have to, you know, suffer with them. Oh. Do you know what? I know uh, we, we're kind of running over, but oh. uh, the one of the latest blockbusters that you came that I was all ready to play, um, which I, which was a kind of a new investment for me. It was uh, Shadows of Brimstone, which oh, yeah. uh, is a heavy miniatures game. Yeah, I'm so but sorry. I don't realize that you have to assemble the miniatures. That was the first oh, one. Oh, no, do you? I did actually not know that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my so, God. So since then, we bought plastic clippers, we bought glue, and we bought files. <laughs> it has been an experience. Oh, Alex, I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, this has been fun. I mean, I had I didn't have to do anything. My partner had to do all of that. I was just like walking around while he was sitting there filing yeah. the little feet <laughs> and gluing them to little um, places. But yeah, so that has been an experience. Oh my god! But, well, I must say, I, I will. I will also say the, you know, uh, if anyone read, read Dan's review of um, uh, Aliens and other glorious day in the corpse, um, yeah. they will know that it was a surprise to pretty much a surprise to all of us. Uh, me included, who was going to have a quick game of it before I sent it out to him. Um, when I opened the box, I was like, oh, that's a lot of sprues. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Um, yeah, so uh, about okay. My apologies, Alex. <laughs> no, no, wasn't oh, the, was the game that you started playing and like assembled half of it and then went? Nah, I'm just gonna send it to Alex. <laughs> that was Fujikoro. That was Fujikoro. Yeah, that was yeah. a game. A game you you actually quite liked. Uh, and you, I do like that one. You, you nearly sold me on that one. Uh, you can you can go back and listen to episode two of season two, I think, for that. Oh. Um, uh, when we talked about messy games. Uh, uh, Bloodborne is definitely not messy. Uh, it's, no, it's not really, is it? It's not. Really. It does make a mess on the table because of the amount of cards you end up turning over and the sort of, well, the way we played it, which is like kind of feverishly uh, trying, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get through it. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Oh God, uh, I'm sorry. You were trying to finish this podcast. No, no, it's good. Uh, one day we will. But where where can we find you uh, online, offline, uh, wherever you like? Uh, you can find me very occasionally on Twitter at destitutive underscore. Uh, and uh, I guess on Instagram, which is, I think is at Dusty Tulip, and, and that's about it. I I like to be, you know, um, mostly in in the media that you can actually touch with your hands. I'm not mm. very much a digital person these days, but uh, please do uh, tweet me your questions about board games and about Bloodborne. I will happily chat about that. Excellent. Uh, and yes, and yet again, uh, if you know who the Queen of Lothric is, uh, let Alex know. She can yeah, <laughs> I do because I thought she was from a completely different game because <laughs> these names are very long and confuse me. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, um, well, thank you for listening to this uh, Tabletop Game Magazine podcast uh, all about Bloodborne, uh, and we will uh, see you all very soon. Thank you. Bye.